blooming-inspired podcast equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Network, and we are currently reading through the book of 1 John. We started last week talking about the posture of our heart and making our heart God's dwelling place and also making our habitation that secret place, that place with God. And so that led us into 1 John 4, and we've been reading that for the last few days. And on Wednesday, we read through verse 6 of chapter 4, and really we were just um, talking about how love works out in our lives. And now we're going to get to kind of the crux of love, because John is telling us that the way you know you're in Christ is you walk in the light and you walk in love. You walk in the light and you walk in love. And if you don't walk in those two things, then you don't know Christ. I'm going to go back and start in verse 4 of chapter 4. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is he greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, and he who knows God hears us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth agrees with God's Holy Spirit. It will resonate as truth in you if God's word is alive in you. At the same time, things that are error will resonate as error with you. And so your spirit becomes this, this you know, it's, it's like on the movie Lost in Space and the TV show, when the little robot comes flying through and he's going, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you who can tell you when things are dangerous and when things are not. And we want that. We want to walk in light. And the only way to stay in light is to discern the truth from error, to turn the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. And it says, beloved, this is the very next verse and where we're going to start today. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And every one who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, let me tell you something. I mentioned that I don't frequent Twitter a lot, even though I know I probably should if I want to um, get the word out about what we're doing. But it's really difficult for me because it, it feels so toxic. Just all my Danger Will Robertson things go off. One, because I'm very strong in my opinions and my judgments. And two, I don't want to be found unloving in that environment. I don't want to take my love off to prove a point. And I believe that this is happening a lot in the body of Christ today. Not the individual local churches per se, but in the broader picture of the universal church If we're a Christian, because we live in America and we have freedom of speech, we think we have the right to say anything that we we desire, and we have a right to say it in a way that is hurtful. Now, I'm going to tell you that if you read the gospel accounts, you see Jesus, some things that seem very unloving. And one of those things is he scourges the temple with a whip, and he calls out the money changers, and he says, why have you made my house of my father's house a den of thieves. And accusing somebody of being a thief is a pretty serious accusation. Unless you consider Jesus's perspective. The temple was the place where people went to meet with God. And instead of meeting with God, they were getting fleeced out of their income. 
and paying a higher tax in the name of God than they would have otherwise paid because of the circumstances they were in. And this provoked a righteous anger in Jesus. But, But at times, it's necessary to tell the truth. And I need to stand for truth, but not at the expense of other people. And I need not to judge people unless I choose to allow that judgment to come back on myself. You know, you can't be salt and light in a world if you can't love people. But it doesn't mean you blanket, you rubber stamp what they do is okay. You tell them the truth in love. I've recently had the opportunity to sit with a young friend who is struggling and we just sat and prayed over it. And as we were praying over it, God began to give her revelation and she began to discover the roots of it. But she also began to discover that this is the thing that's been standing between her and her relationship with God. And I didn't tell her I was wrong. I didn't tell her, don't do that. I didn't tell her that the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, you're going to hell because you can't get over this. No, I said to her, God's gentle and he loves you and he wants to deliver you from all of this. And he doesn't want you to be afflicted. So just walk with him through it. Listen to him. And then I gave her truth. I gave her opposite things to the things she was seeking The truth is that if we can't keep our love on towards people, how are we ever going to reach them? So when he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows him. Do you hear what John is saying? The mark on the Christian life that you know the Father is the way you love. And I'm not talking about ooey-gooey romantic feelings. I'm talking about love as an action. Love that says, that person's situation is more important than how I feel and what I think about it, and I'm going to jump into it with them and walk them out of it. The most loving thing you can do for someone caught in sin is come alongside of them, agree to walk with them. That's what I told my friend last night. I am here to walk with you to Jesus until you can walk on your own. And when you can walk on your own and you're consistently following him, I'm going to get out of the way. I said, just considering me like training wheels. You know, you ride a bike with training wheels until you figure out how to balance that bicycle. And then you take off on your own without the training wheels. And that's my role when I come alongside of someone to help them through a specific season of their life. And it all comes through love. I have to care about them. I have to have compassion on them. Love has mercy. It's patient. It's kind. I said we needed to go back and read 1 Corinthians 13. And I think um, that's where I want us to go right now is go back and read 1 Corinthians 13. What is this quality of love that God is talking about? Now listen to this. It starts in chapter 13 and verse 1, and this is probably all we're going to get through today. It's taken us forever to get through chapter 4, but we'll get there, right? It says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Do you hear that? If our, if our speech and our song is just preaching at people and not having concern for people, not loving them, then I'm a brass sound or a clang. I'm, I'm just noise in their ear. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. 
your ability to reach people with prophetic words, with the knowledge that you've attained, with the mysteries you understand, and with the faith that you have that can move a mountain, if you don't have love, it's not going to make that much of a difference. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. You see, if I do, if my motivation for any of those things, prophecy, speaking, preaching with tongues of men and angels, giving to the poor, activating my faith, sacrificing my body on behalf of others, if I don't lo- do it out of love, if I don't do it out of this quality of love we're about to talk about, it doesn't mean anything. And here's what verse 4 says, Love suffers long and kind. Love does not envy does not parade itself or is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. I want you to look around at our Christian landscape and the evangelical landscape of our life. The court of public opinion, even in the Christian community, is scurrilous. It's scurrilous. We are ripping each other apart. You don't have to throw us to the enemy because we are devouring ourselves because we lack love. We've built good structure. We've built good government. But as it says in Revelation, we have forsaken our first love, who is love, who wants to be love through us. Love suffers long. It's patient and is kind. Love does not envy. It isn't jealous. You know, and it says it's kind. It's not nice. It's kind. And did you know almost every quality of love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit? Let's just check and see. It does not parade itself around and is not puffed up. It's not seeking its own interest. It does not behave rudely. (laughs) Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things endures all things. Love never fails. But without love, when there's prophecies, they will fail. When there are speaking in tongues, they will cease. When there is the gift of knowledge, it will vanish away. See, he's just outlined a lot of these gifts in in Romans chapter 12. He says, where there's knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, and it's perfect love, that's what we're going to find out in John chapter 4, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Meaning that it's only for this season. When Jesus finally comes again, there will be no need for these things. And now abide in faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love because it When God is our hiding place, our habitation, the place we live from and we abide from and we abide in his love and we abide in his righteousness, what comes out of us is his love and his righteousness. That's the way it should work. Let's just go on. We have a little bit here. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Here it is. God is not just simply expressing love. It is the expression of who He is, and that is love. This quality of love we read about in 1 Corinthians 13, this love that is is patient and it's kind and it's not jealous and it 
doesn't boast about itself and it isn't rude and it isn't proud and it endures all things and it believes all things and it hopes all things and it doesn't fail. That is who God is. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Our lives are found in him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's that word again. Remember, propitiation means substitute. What does this word mean in the Greek? That propitiation means atonement. He was the payment for our sins. So here we are. The fullest expression of God's love is to give up his son, his, a part of himself on our behalf. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. See, if we abide in God's love, in the way we interact with one another, God abides in us, and his love becomes perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. You see, the evidence of abiding in Christ's love is that His Spirit is active and working in our lives. It's, it's causing us to respond to what God is showing us and what He's telling us to do. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Isn't that good? Do you get this? Love is the key to abiding in God. And it unlocks things inside of us, the activation of his Holy Spirit as he lives inside of us. His Spirit affirms whether or not we're abiding in him. As he is, so we are in the world. This is where we're headed. Love has been perfected among us. Abiding perfects love. Okay, let's think about that. And love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because he is, as he is, so are we in this world. Now get this. John is saying that if we abide in his love and God's spirit is activating and he's, it's working in us through this abiding, that love becomes perfected and we have boldness before God on the day of judgment because as Christ is now, so are we in this world. As Christ has been in this life, as we have seen him evidenced through the testimony of the Gospels, so he is now and so we become in this world in this moment you see there is nothing to fear there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him only because and that's my words only because he first loved us. You see, 
the mark of redemption in our lives is the perfection in love. Faith is the key to overcoming the world. Faith that Jesus is the Son of God is truly victory. And that is where we're headed. So let's finish up our chapter with verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. See, all of this hate that's being spewed, you know, even... I really am weary of the phrase, love the sinner, hate the sin. Most people don't hear you hating sin as you hating sin. and They hear it as you hating them. So what if we just chose love? And to express those things that we say by saying we hate sin, by loving people well and walking with them through what they're going through and showing them how God can show up and change their circumstances. What if that was our motive? What if love for them is our motive? And love would say there's something better that God wants to offer you. Would you want to walk with me to find that out? See, we have nothing to fear if the gospel of Christ is alive through the Holy Spirit in us. If by our profession of faith in Christ, God's Holy Spirit is activating and resonating the love of Christ, the love of God, and His will and His plan and His purpose for others. We can only love because He first loved us. We can only reciprocate what we've already received. If you haven't received it, you can't give it away. And I'm not trying to pronounce judgment on people who say they love the sinner, hate the sin. I'm not trying to do that. I'm saying that maybe we don't rightly understand God's love. Because the occasions that Jesus came to sinners and said and rebuked them and drove them out when they were caught in adultery, when they were caught in um, being oppressed by demons, when they were caught um, blind because of faith issues, when when they were caught in all manner of sin, Jesus' response to them was not to judge them. Jesus' response was to love them and to tell them the truth in such a gentle way that it brought them into an awareness of who he was, who his father was, and they had faith in him, and they received his love. You can only give away what you received. That's what this means. So if I say I love God, but I am expressing hatred and enmity toward others, then I'm lying when I say I love God, because I can't love God and not love people. I can't love God and not have that love at work in me because I can only reciprocate what I've received. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this com- and, and a lot of times that is about us loving our idea of God. Would you agree? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love also his brother. It's faith in Jesus that gives us the victory, that gives us the love we need to overcome the world we live in. And so we're going to wrap up right here today. Um, And tomorrow we're going to actually get to read through John chapter 5. So for uh, Thursday... We're going to be reading John chapter 5, and then we'll bring this whole two-week conversation to a nice close on 
Friday. So I want to thank you for tuning in with me. And I want to remind you that we have some things coming up. On October 20th, we begin our weekly Bible study. It meets on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central Time right here in Granbury, Texas. And it will be meeting in my home. I'll be publishing that address as we get closer to that date. And I've canceled our retreat that was scheduled for, actually was scheduled for a week from today. I've, scheduled, I've canceled that the October 11th through 13th retreat due to lack of participation. But we've got another retreat coming up January 17th through the 19th. And I want to encourage you, if you need some time away to encounter God, to go to the secret place with Him, to begin or to reset the place of abiding in your life with Him, this is where you want to be. It will be small group oriented. So there will be a limited number of people on this retreat. We will have a whole house to ourselves that we will be staying in and we will be ministering out of. It's just going to be a time of refreshing. It's going to be a time of gathering and drawing near. It's going to be a time of, of hearing from God's heart for ourselves and from others and there's going to be some some activation and some teaching on the prophetic. And it's just going to be a beautiful time. And I would love for you to be there. And for the Bible study, we do do that on Facebook Live as well. So beginning on October the 20th at 1030 in the morning, you can catch it on the Blooming Inspired Network page on Facebook. That's at Blooming Inspired on Facebook. You can catch the Bible study there. Every Saturday morning, we go Facebook Live. The Lord's doing some great things. Blooming Inspired Network. Network is working to become a 501c3. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to support it and help us begin to reach our community of women who just want to know more, want to grow in their faith, want to grow in their gifts, want to grow in leadership, and want to be empowered to walk out their calling, then would you prayerfully consider giving a, a, an offering or a gift to Blooming Inspired Network? Once we have filed and gotten our 501c3 approved, those gifts will be tax deductible. Plus, I've got some pretty special, um, some pretty special gifts in mind for those who come alongside and support us. And I'll be sharing more about that in the days ahead. So I've got a fundraiser up at our network, bloominginspirednetwork.com. Just give the click the donation um, link at the top or giving link. And you'll be able to get to that page and you'll be able to donate to us. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com. If you have questions, if you would like to share a testimony, if you would just like to ask for prayer, we are here for you. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to give a gift. You don't have to show up to a Bible study or anything. We want to share with you. If you've come to an awareness while listening to Blooming Inspired Network that you need salvation in Christ, please email us. I'd love to set up a phone appointment to talk to you personally on the phone and to pray with you and to help you walk through that process. So, so blessed that you're tuning in with us. I want to pray God's blessing and favor that it would go with you, that he would crown your week end with his favor and his glory and you would see him in new and fantastic ways you would encounter him in new and powerfully personal ways and you would express his love to others as he expresses his love to you 
And with that said, I want to say, remember, blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So choose to live your life blooming alive. Until next time, this is Michelle Bentham, and I'm signing off.